comes up I'm driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever Till the day that I died I said 18 wheels rolling on the road It is my life 18 wheels rolling on the road It is my life Hello, friends. This is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, along with my partner, Fred Mooney. I'm excited to be here. We have got a great program for you today. Gary, today we're riding in this brand new truck, and we're going to pick up some listeners and bring Jesus to these drivers on the road for some great music, awesome testimonies, and a little preaching. What we want you to do is give us a call at 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. So buckle up, hang on, get ready, because we're going to have Church on the Road. 414, a big blue mag. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just got to drive. Hey, Fred, we've got us a guest today. <laughs> Mr. Joe Arview, right? J- Joe Arview is live and in person uh, right now. Alive. <laughs> alive. <laughs> I'm alive. So, Joe, what's on your mind today? Oh, I don't, you know, turkey. Turkey. turkey? <laughs> yeah. I had some turkey before I come here, actually. We run out of turkey, but I had ham for lunch. <laughs> well, close enough, I guess. Yeah. I had two Thanksgivings. Most people had a couple, I think, don't you? Right, yeah. Go to this house and then that house. I was at mom's house and in our house. Yeah. So. And yep. all the kids there and grandkids. You what? got grandkids, Fred? Oh, I got I got four granddaughters and a grandson, and them granddaughters keep me hopping. Yeah. You're not talking about your birds. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> not my birds, no. <laughs> do, do you have grand birds? Well, I guess I do, but... <laughs> I don't call them that, you know. I just call them birds. Uh, okay. I know, I know you're kind of fond of them things. Oh, I am. Yeah. Yeah. People love their pets. I mean, sure they do. I mean, yeah. Them birds actually put food on his plate. Well. <laughs> Yo, I had a I had a gal send me a tape here a while back of a of a chicken act. Wonder what I thought of it, and I said, well. One thing, if the act goes south, you can always eat that act. <laughs> huh. she, she didn't think that was funny. No, <laughs> you know, you can't eat a guitar. No. Uh, I walked no. in the convenience store the other day, and I had this my jacket on, and it says Fender. Yeah. Uh, you know, Fender guitars. And and the girl behind the counter said, uh, are you a guitar player? I said, yeah, are you? And she said, no, I'm divorced from a guitar player. I said, ain't everybody? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, yeah, they don't put food on the table. <laughs> the the difference a, between a musician and a large pizza, you can feed a family of four with a large that's pizza. That's right. You, know? you can't with a musician. Uh-uh. He's the only guy who'll take $50,000 worth of equipment, drive 200 miles, 
Take an hour to set up to make 50 bucks. You got it. <laughs> and then eat, eat out on the way home, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there yeah. goes 25 of it. Yeah. But I had a good one. Uh, Thanksgiving, I was reading some stuff, and I don't think I really realized. Let's see, December 1620, they signed the Mayflower Compact stating that their purpose was for the glory of God and the advancement of Christian faith. I mean, the people who founded America, that was the purpose. Hmm. Exactly. How did we get away from that? And how could a guy, I'm 59 years old, and I don't think I really remember uh, talking about God so much. I bet uh, you never in, studied that in school. No, and but, you know, some of the things... I, I, we did obviously that the that the pilgrims ate with the the yeah. Indians and they were you know became friendly. Mm-hmm. Th- that's about all I know. And they had yeah. corn and <laughs> that's and, about all. And I they know. they've even boiled that down from that now, you know. And uh, this was founded as a Christian nation for mm-hmm. Christian freedom to get away from the Church of England. I was actually taught that in school, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. But that was that was a million years ago. And I you're, you're telling your age remember. there, Fred. <laughs> Do you remember that part, Gary? I'm not as old as Fred. Remember the Mayflower Compact? You know. <laughs> Say again. I do remember the Mayflower Compact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 1620. I mean, that's back there. Thomas Jefferson uh, said. I mean, I wasn't there. Don't get me wrong. Okay. <laughs> Your descendants were the, the turkey. Uh, the turkey. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson said we have a responsibility to give thanks to God. Public praises, petitions to God have long been a part of our culture. One of the pilgrims wrote, yet by the goodness of God, we are far from want. Even when they were starving to death, they, they were grateful to God and said, we're far from want. We got plenty. Mm. I wonder if we got plenty today, you think? <laughs> I think America is the most plenty. blessed and the least thankful country there is. You know, the reason that we're blessed, though, is because of God. Exactly. It really is. It's hard for I think I saw a guy's post on Facebook once and said, he said, you know, uh, we, we tend to say to the younger generation, hey, w- work for what you you know, what you get, you know, and we say we work for what we have, but we've also been blessed. Oh, of course. So our work is blessed. There are people in other countries and, that are poor that work harder than we do, perhaps, and much have harder. less. Much harder. Yeah, and yeah. have less. Yeah. By the way, though, I uh, speaking of the younger generation, I, I'm starting a new motto. Learn to count change before you grow a beard. Learn to count change before you grow a beard. I can remember that, Gary. Well, I I recently went up to the Arby's drive-up window because they got the two for six thing. Two for? Two for? Oh, yeah, yeah, two for. Two for five, two for six, two for yeah. seven. But the two for thing. So I always look for the two first. I took yeah. my wife. We were out for the day and took her to the drive-up window, and, and my bill was $12 and a nickel. And I had a twenty dollar bill and a nickel. <laughs> oh, you you messed things now, up. Now anybody that was born, you know, in the nineteen sixties, fifties, even seventies, I guess, you've already added that up. Yeah. You you already know that because not because you can count change, because you can count. <laughs> exactly. You can count math. So a guy with a beard. And I pulled up, and I know better than to give him that twenty first, because he'll punch it in, and then and then it's it's oh, yeah. So I gave him the nickel first. I held the twenty over here, <laughs> <laughs> and I I gave him the twenty dollar bill, and he's and he took them both, and he looked at me, and he goes, "Oh, you can take this back, giving me the nickel back." And I said, "I had enough of this. I I won't do this anymore." I said, "No." And I shoved a nickel back at him, and I said, give me $8. (laughs) And you point that finger at him like that? Pretty much. (laughs) He did it in Christian love. I did. And he goes, 
He counted five and three ones, and he counted it four times before he handed it to me. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if he couldn't count to eight. I know when you said that, I know you, you messed him up. You knew where I was going with that, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. That's nuts. How is it that this generation doesn't know how to count? No, that's math. That's just mathematics, isn't it? And there's, there's the worst thing. This generation is going to get to the point where they're not going to know to, how to do what we're doing right here to talk to one oh, another. Oh, man, you, yeah, yeah. My, uh, my granddaughter, I just love her to pieces. She used to follow me around when she was a little girl. She's my favorite, and she got a boyfriend now. And I, so I said, well, did, did you call John? Oh, we text. We text each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Said first thing in the morning, he'll send me a text. Now she's twenty-two years old. Yeah. Well, and there's something to be said about the fellowship, and uh, you know, people gathering together and and uh, feeding off of one another. Things you learn from people and and all that. I think it's a very godly thing to to gather together. Amen. And so Thanksgiving was a, uh, you know, at least it symbolizes a gathering of of the family and i think people still do that and uh, that's a good thing it is a good thing yeah yeah i look forward to thanksgiving my wife comes from a huge family pretty well all my family's gone but uh, they'll all come around and they call me when it's time for me to come down and pray for the food and i'll come down yeah. pray for the food and eat and go back home you know but <laughs> but it's a it's a good time you know yeah. and uh I really enjoy seeing seeing how people's how they've done throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. We just had our Thanksgiving dinner here, and we had uh, over thirty people in here. Just really, my kids and my grandkids. Well, old people got big families these days, don't they? Yeah. Well, some old, some of us old people do. Yeah, <laughs> not all old people. <laughs> but that's what happens when you have five kids. I know. I yeah. Mean, some of them have five kids. And you're blessed. I mean I am blessed and highly favored, yes. You know, when you were when you were young you probably thought it was an accident. Now it's a blessing. Amen. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Amen. I'm just saying, uh, you know, we I don't know about you, but I was trying to make a living and everything and another another mouth wasn't always <laughs> a good idea. No. But uh but now yeah. you look and see all that spread out yeah. uh, family and it's like, wow, I envy that. Yeah, it's pretty Pretty awesome. I have two two grandsons, and they were both together uh, with us, and that's that's, that's one. Oh yeah. yeah, I got three uh, daughter in laws and three sons, and and uh, we went around a table with that. And what are you thankful for? And mm-hmm. and uh, of course, I'm thankful to be alive. Yeah. And uh, a few minutes before that, they were doing a funeral uh, for my cousin's wife, and. He had he had died. He was diagnosed with cancer right after me. I remember, remember that. Yep. And he his wife died now. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, so they both died of cancer, and uh, well, I mean that made a tough tough Thanksgiving for sure. uh, her son. He's sure nineteen, and yeah. And we're praying for him. Yeah. But I was I also think thankful. I think about that just here a while back. Well, just today exactly. Uh, the cycle of life. Two, hmm. two people that were close to us that we knew had passed away, just in, in uh, one today and one yesterday. But at the same time, yesterday, my wife's niece, she had a baby that they did not think would come to full term. And she gave birth to that baby, and that baby's one pound, eight ounces. Oh, wow. Breathing on its own. Doing fine. And the doctors didn't want her to go through the pregnancy. Uh-huh. But she's a good Christian woman. She said, no, yeah. we're going to have this baby. Yeah. And uh, God blessed her there. You know, that brings me to something I was kind of thinking about recently. And I want to talk a little today about the lies of the devil. Mm-hmm. And I think one of them is the family. Oh, exactly. But, and here's where I want to come from. And I don't want to offend anybody, but... When there are young girls who actually believe that it's their responsibility to go get pregnant and then find a husband, 
And they might get pregnant by just some fluke thing. But I don't, I don't know if this makes any sense or not, but it's almost like this is the way it's gone so long that they almost feel like that's the normal right way to go about it. Well, that, that's a big problem. That's a big problem, Joe, is the fact that normal has packed its bags and left. Uh-huh. And people do not know what normal is. And anymore. when I say normal, I think we're, we're, we're talking about godliness. Yes. That should be the norm. And it, should and in, be. in our country, it has been in the past. My son, for, for years, he was a counselor in prisons, and he said 99% of all the people he counseled never had a father in the home yeah. that got up and went to work yeah. at a job. That did the normal thing. We're yeah, the number one fatherless country in the world. Number one. I mean, that's just incredible. So I was wondering, with that being said, here's this, this little infant. And, you know, when we talk about your body, your choice, and all that stuff that we've gone through, and the Roe versus Wade and all that junk, you know, I can't imagine my mother's generation making any kind of decision like that. Oh, no. You understand what I'm saying? Exactly. I just can't imagine it. Like, I remember women who were pregnant and they had problems with the pregnancy and they might die. And that was never a thought to give up mm -hmm. that baby. No. Now, they might lose it in the birth and you might make a decision there which one to save. But you are, I can't imagine that going through their mind. Now, here's something I heard today that perhaps Joseph and Mary was the, was the perfect balance of a woman taking responsibility. And she's 15, right? But taking the responsibility and the man being supportive mm -hmm. in that. So to back up, I don't want to offend anybody about young girls making the wrong decisions. A young boy made the same decision. That's exactly right. But I, but I think we sometimes don't put any guilt on, on females because we're afraid of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's smart. I, I mean, <laughs> when's the last time you heard a preacher talk about the sins that a young lady might? But they'll, they'll pound that young man all day long with, with that. But I think Mary, God chose her, you know, for a reason. And he equipped her. And I think Joseph also. So that's I, I good believe balance. that's true. I believe that is the right thing. You got the right support there, the willingness of Mary to be the chosen vessel, and the willingness of Joseph to support her. Mm -hmm. Those both took, took great faith, really. Yeah. So where does my body, my choice fall in there? Yeah. It was, you know, Mary, Mary did not say to God, oh, it's my body, my choice. I'm, I'm not going to have this baby. She felt like... She, it was a, a very uh, respectful thing to do. If God called her to do it, she was going to do it. You know, there's one thing we've got away from, and that's the fact that God created this body of ours. Mm -hmm. It's his body. He created it. He made it. Nobody is taught that anymore. Mm -hmm. I think you have to believe the first five words of the Bible. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, God created. Exactly. And if you don't believe that, then you're in trouble. You know, uh, if you teach kids that they come from monkeys, they're going to act like monkeys. <laughs> but, hey, that might be what's wrong with no. <laughs> but you know, the whole the whole the whole problem with that is it's not fair to the monkeys. <laughs> Human beings will do things that animals will not do. <laughs> oh man, Gary, bail us out on this one. <laughs> It's the truth according to Fred Mooney. <laughs> the truth according to Fred Mooney. <laughs> I hear you. Trace. One thing I'd know to do is play a Joe Argue song. You want to play a song? Yeah, let's play a song. What What do you got, Joe? What, what, do, I, what do I want to play? What do you want to play? Let's play Down on My Knees. This is off of Joe Argue's CD, Here With Me, and it's called Down on My Knees. Sometimes I like to think Or even have a dream That I could fly Just walk on a cloud 
mountaintops or swing on jungle vines. Like a child on daddy's shoulders, on a Ferris wheel or a house built in a tree. Any high in the sky just don't compare to the high that I found down on my knees. Lord, lift me up high enough to see heaven's door. Hold me there, higher than I've ever been before. But I've searched this world over and never seemed to find just what I need. Cause any high that I've tried, it don't take me there like the high that I get down on my knees. When I was young, I took a puff from a skinny cigarette Now that I'm older, it's one more thing I've lived to regret Everybody's searching for the thing in life to change the way you feel Since nobody seems to know, well, let me tell you so Everything's gonna change when you kneel Lord, lift me up high enough to see heaven's door and hold me there higher than I've ever been before. Well, I've searched this world over and never seemed to find just what I need. Cause any high that I've tried won't take me there like the high that I get down on. Any high that I've tried won't take me there Like the high that I get down on my knees Well, I'm going to talk about songs for a minute. All right. I'm going to talk about a 150-year-old song. So this, this missionary, 150 years ago, and by the way, i got to hold my hand up and say most of what I'm going to tell you is accurate. Because <laughs> when I tell a story, sometimes I don't remember details accurately. But this is the gist of the story. 150 years ago, a man went to India and he preached. He was a missionary. And he preached and he preached and he preached and no one received him. He was in a Muslim territory. And he had no converts. And he decided that he had missed God. And so he decided to go, to go home. And just about the time he made that decision, one man came to Christ, converted. One man and his family. And so he, he goes ahead and leaves and goes home and leaves this man. The man happened to be a songwriter, and he wrote a song, and he preached the gospel to the people in his community. And he preached the gospel. And the people in the community were really irritated by this guy. Such, to such a degree that they called the, the chief of the tribe community, called an assembly. And they bring this man and his family before the whole assembly community. And they, the chief says to the man, now we don't want anything bad to happen to you, but you're going to have to denounce this Jesus you're preaching. And so the man says, well, and he sings the first verse. And it goes like this. I have decided <laughs> to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Well, this infuriates the chief, and he calls, uh, he makes the order, and they shoot 
his children and they behead his wife. And the story says, while the children lay twitching on the ground, the chief says, what say you now? And he sings the second verse. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Well, he knows he's next. And so he sings then the third verse. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. And sure enough, they kill him. And it sounds like a sad story, but what happens is the tribe chief goes home and he can't sleep. He tosses and turns, and he finally decides there must be something to this. No man in his right mind would give up his whole family and his life for, some, for nothing. Calls out to God and says, if you're real, let this Jesus come into my heart. The old chief gets saved that night. The next day he begins to preach about Jesus. The whole community comes to Christ wonderful story a lot of truth in it and one is this how many times have you thought you missed God like Mm. that old missionary and I got to admit probably every turn I've ever made my entire life I thought was not in the will of God that I probably missed it by this much and if we're all honest we all probably kind of feel that way like it ought to be better there will be something more to it, but maybe this is it. And one of the things I've learned about when I'm singing in front of a crowd, and there's 40 people there this morning, this is my ministry. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to do anything great today. I'm just going to sing for these 40 people and let God do the great things. Amen. The other thing is, I never knew that story, and I've sung that song a lot. <laughs> yeah. In fact, every time I sing it nearly, I say, we're going to sing this one to the devil. And lo and behold, the guy that wrote it looked the devil right in the face and sung it to him. Yep. Yep. And thirdly, Mm. isn't it amazing that we don't maybe think about where these songs come from? Yeah. See, things like that really interest me because I I love music history. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love watching watching shows about musicians, their lives, their songs they wrote. I think every every song has a beginning of some sort. Amen. Well, I love new songs, so don't get me wrong. But I got a problem when you throw that one out and replace it with something that's commercially written, Mm -hmm. that's easy to sing, it's got the right chord progressions and sounds like contemporary. Yeah. I got a problem with that. Yeah. And it got me to thinking, well, what is a new song? I'm writing a new song right now. <laughs> but according to some people, it sounds like an old one. <laughs> now, how many times you heard this? Well, it don't matter what the style is. Well, if it don't matter what the style is, why, did you, why are you thinking of a new style? Why aren't you just singing the old ones if it don't matter? Yeah. There you go. Well, the fact is that it does matter. Music has always evolved, and it continues to evolve. Uh-huh. I mean, I, uh, that's what my – I even preached a sermon one time on the worship wars, how churches are divided between contemporary and traditional gospel. Myself, I think we should sing them both. I agree. There's great gospel in hymns, and there's great praises in contemporary right. music. And I think, but if you want to go back, if you want to go back to the original, you got to break out the shofar, 
Yeah. You got to get the tambourine. You got to get the harp. Yeah. And if you listen to some of that music, you wouldn't want to be doing that. No, gospel music is pretty new. Uh, it's not very old at all, in fact. Yeah. You know, churches sang the Psalms. Yep. And then the hymns and all came later. But I think the point I wanted to make was before you throw it out, find out where it came from. And it might have a greater meaning sure. to you. I remember years ago being a, a young worship leader in churches, and some lady might come up and say, Hey, when are you going to sing such and such? And I said, Well, I don't, I don't know. Well, that one really means something to me. They'd say something, and I'd think, what, what? It don't mean anything to me. <laughs> uh, well, songs mean different things to different right. people because of different reasons. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's a secular song with that old song, Sleepwalk. Mm-hmm. You know? I love that song I because too. that reminds me of my teenage years. <laughs> You know, and they played it at every every dance I probably ever went to or ever played. Yeah. But the thing of it is, I know people, they have attachments to things for some very unusual reasons. Yeah. Well, I, another thing, and I want to do a song, if you don't mind. Uh, there's a song called He Looked Beyond My Fault and Saw My Need. Mm-hmm. That song came from Danny Boy. Mm-hmm. It's the same melody. It is. As yeah. Danny Boy. Did you know that Danny Boy was actually the same melody as a, another old Irish yeah. pub song? Yeah. So that melody has been around at least three times through the years and hundreds of years, I guess. I, I don't really know how old. But maybe a melody has, and you said sleepwalk. That's why that melody reaches in there and opens up something in your mind and your heart. And I think maybe the melodies are really important. Now, and I'm going to say this, modern music has left out the beautiful melodies. They they sort of forgotten about melodies and how important they are. We're so hung up on rhythms and all that that the melodies get lost. And so, hey, play, let's play that one. That's off of a, a, a CD called Sunday Standards. Sunday Standards, and the name of the... Song is what, Joe? He looked beyond my fault and saw my knee. I did not. He looked beyond my fault. Uh, Here's Joe Arview. Amazing grace. I'll always be my song of praise For it was grace That brought my liberty I do not know Just why he came to love me so He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary to Come 
since your cancer man i'm doing good yeah i okay. really am doing yeah. good i was listening to the uh, podcast uh -huh. the last time that we we yeah. did that and the conversation was kind of like you're gonna be back you're going well i am back <laughs> yeah. now. he's back yeah he's back. all right yeah. this uh 20 2022 has been the most prosperous year uh for ministry i've had you know i've just been so many places and yeah and god just seems to be really opening everything up i hate to say opening doors because it's not like that it's not like yeah oh i'm getting to sing at the grand Ole opera or something it's, yeah. it's nothing like that it's just one church to the to another and you know what i'm falling in love with people amen you know just uh they're so good to me and i don't take it for granted <laughs> you know do you think your experience has made you more grateful Absolutely. To enjoy life more and Absolutely. appreciate life more. And Although it's like a blur, you know, yeah. that year is like a blur. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I'm really just enjoying things. And, well, and know, I don't get frustrated over things. I think like God, God's created our minds healthy to forget the bad and yeah. remember the good, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and that's a good thing. It is. But yeah, I, I think I, there's a scripture that says yeah. to dwell on the, the good things, whatever things well, are sure. proper, whatever things are good. Yeah, I mean we are blessed. I uh... but when I look out in, in my audience, you know, and there's 40 people out there in a church or whatever, and I get somebody to smile or something, I, it's just it's gratifying. It really is gratifying. When you're up there and you're looking out, do you find do you try to find the one person that's actually into what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, to them? I think everybody does that. I and, think so. You know. And then I meet them in the back and go, "I, I was watching you because you <laughs> you smile." You know. You don't watch that guy that's <laughs> snoring, biting bat, flies. <laughs> you know. No, I, I, I will actually uh, point them people out sometimes. You know, <laughs> yeah. or young people on their phone. I love that one. <laughs> people are good people yeah. are good and i'm sick of people talking bad about church people because they're yeah. good yeah the lord told me years ago you can trust her yeah and it was the church he was talking about yeah you want to play a song yeah let's play a song what what do you got joe what, what do i what do i want to play how about uh daddy drove the nails daddy drove the nails is is a great song and uh tell tell us the, our listeners the story about this song here daddy drove the nails it's, it's such a great story uh you're going to enjoy this well back when i was young again i was playing clubs and and uh, there was a a club in uh yeah out east of here i won't say where well i will harrisburg illinois yeah down by muddy illinois did you ever play in the eagles club in, in harrisburg illinois oh yeah well they always had the bingo before the band played. oh yeah I hated bingo. <laughs> well, I did too. I mean, because they would fill the house with smoke before you would get started. That you know, I mean, and they so didn't want you make any noise while you're setting up. That's exactly there. right. <laughs> but it was awful smoky. And one of the things I always think about is churches that have uh, smoke machines. Uh huh. They never been to the Harrisburg oh, Eagles, uh -uh. or they wouldn't no. do that because this <laughs> this is not glorious. It is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to play that club, and I didn't know this guy at the time. We met later, but he was the same age as me, 
and doing the same thing. And I mm -hmm. want to say maybe 19 years old, something like yeah. that, out playing Harrisburg yeah. Eagles. He was uh, from a church family. His family went to the Church of God people. So he was playing in this club, and he went outside to cool off and to breathe. You know, you got to get oh, out yeah, of that smoke I know. for a while. I used to always go outside for my breaks. How did how did we sing in that? I have no I idea. <laughs> I can't even do it now. But so he goes outside and he's he's looking out in the parking lot and he says to one of his band buddies, he says, "Man, that looks like my dad's car." So he walks out in the parking lot a little bit and gets closer and that is they, he said that is my dad's car. What's it? What are they doing here? And then he gets a little closer and realizes they were in it and they were praying. They, they back, heads were bowed and they were praying for him. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know it, but they was going to every club he played. And they'd spend the evening out there in the parking lot praying yep. for him. So he uh, ran from the Lord and all that stuff. But he didn't have a chance because then prayers was going to be answered. Yeah. You hear me? Amen. Yeah. So his parents I died. Uh, before I knew him, yeah, and and we got to know each other. I don't know. We were in our late twenties, early thirties, maybe yeah. something like that. And uh, it, you know, music people get to know each sure. other eventually. But they died, and uh, today he is a worship leader in the church. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, he has dedicated his life to serving Jesus, and he's on staff. He 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 serves the Lord. So the moral of the story is. Then people's prayers are being answered, and they're in the grave. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So, I remember I mean, when I used to come home, my mom would be at the kitchen table. She had this old, thick Bible. She'd be there with her Bible laid open, you know. And I'm going upstairs to my bedroom. <laughs> you know? oh, yes, sir. But if you're praying for your kids and they're wayward, keep doing it. Yeah. Because your prayers can be answered I believe Way that. later on. Amen. Amen. That's so true. Yeah. My wife prayed for me, you know, before I got saved, and, yeah. and she was praying for me, had a church praying for me. She even called the 700 Club and had them <laughs> praying for me. I mean, oh, she my. had everybody praying for me, and uh, I got saved out on the highway Amen. driving down the road because of the prayers of the yes. faithful prayers of my wife and the church and the people from the television network. Isn't it funny that we pray to God to save somebody, yet we know that they have a free will? Yeah. Yeah. Now, isn't that something? Yeah. But it's true, isn't it? It is true. So it's the sovereignty of God and the will of the free will of man that, where they meet at that prayer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we need to keep praying whether... Uh, Got to pray. No matter what we see, we need to keep praying. Yeah. And here is Daddy Drove the Nails. Amen. This said I was old enough to drink But mama had a different way to think I was playing with an old rockabilly band I said I was gonna be my own kind of man Daddy met me in the front yard one night before my play Said you can't live here If you're gonna live this way I went on down to that local club We played our set that the crowd really loved The band took a break and I went out to cool along Still can't believe what I saw in the parking lot Mama and Daddy both knelt down and I prayed to the Lord Saying, God, please forgive him, he's still our living boy Grace and Mama kept me out of trouble She held me up 
every time she prayed And mom and dad, they loved me like no other Mercy built a bridge And my daddy drove the nails I had me a talk with my Lord above He told me about his never-ending love how he gave his life on Calvary Said he'd done it all if only for me Said if I take his hand now He'd lead me through this night And if I just hang on But he'd lead me to the light He said grace and mama kept you out of trouble Every time she prayed and Mom and Dad came love you Like I love you Mercy built a bridge And my daddy drove the nails Mercy built an old rugged cross and My father drove So uh, as I get a little older, I get the the uh, desire just to have a good story, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so I got a good one. I'm, yeah. <laughs> and you can probably edit this out. <laughs> you may or not. <laughs> so I told you I sang in Nashville, Tennessee. You sang so, in Nashville, Tennessee? Yeah. Is any bells going to go off or whistles? or <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'm singing at the Troubadour Theater. Oh, was you at the Troubadour with me? You, uh, no. no, it wasn't me. Okay. Anyway, I'm singing there, and the, it's the Cowboy Church, the Music Valley Cowboy Church. And uh, they got a live band. They probably got eight people, you know, and they're they're all Nashville people and all that. It's, it's cool. It's it's something you really desire to do. And I had I got to preach and sing four songs. And I got up, and it was great. I think the crowd really loved it, and I loved it, and it was a wonderful time. And I come off the stage, and I walk back to my CD table, and my cousin was there, and he's a drummer, and he had played for Mel Tillis Jr. the night before in the same theater, and he was sitting there. And I thought, oh, and so we, we, he said, hey, come here. I want to show you something. I said, okay. So we walked to the back of the room, and he said, look at these pictures on the wall. And so I'm standing there looking at the pictures, and he goes, your pants are unzipped. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. I said, you're kidding. I'm serious. It's a heart attack. <laughs> he was right. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, my mind's going zoom, zoom, zoom back, you know. Oh, yeah. Last night when I'm packing my bags. Yeah, I, I get in that, uh, you know, you get your pants, your, your shirt, and your shoes, and you open the sock door, get my black socks, and there's two pair of underwear there. One kind of a dingy gray and that reflective orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a reflective orange kind of thing, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, isn't yeah, it? sure. <laughs> oh. I have to be honest, like, I didn't. I grabbed the gray ones, and I will not wear fancy underwear like this <laughs> at a concert as a rule yeah. because of that very thing. <laughs> I told him, I, I said later, I would have been mortified 30 years ago. I mean, or 20 yeah. maybe. I'd have been mortified. I would have, I'd have probably thrown up or something. But <laughs> I told Mark, I said, thank you for telling me that. But, you know, honestly, at this point in my life, it's just a good story. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a good, story. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, <laughs> well, you've learned what's important. That's right. And that ain't. Amen. Amen. Our, uh, our pastor today, Rick Hayes, he preached on the great I am. Talked about the great I am day, didn't he, Fred? 
And I, I'm looking at you, some of your songs here, and, and you got a song called "To Me, He's the Great I Am." Yeah. Did you write that? I did. Let's talk about that song. That song was my uh, attempt at <laughs> uh, going to the birth of Christ uh, as Joseph. Yeah. And the things that you would think. Wow. As 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 Joseph from his perspective. Yeah. And here's this here, and a lot of a lot of guys like today can relate to this, but you know, here's this baby, and it's not yours, but it's yours to raise. Wow! And uh, that's that's that, good stuff. That's there. Came, and and I took some liberty because uh, he, he's. Uh, it, it was not only the the pers- from that perspective, but also that he is a. Uh, He's he's just he's Mama's little man, you know. Mm-hmm. That Jesus is going to be the great I am, but he's he's Mama's little man at that point to her. Yeah, you know she had to be a mother. She also, I mean, she also had to see him as he is, and that's God's son. But he's also her son. Yeah, and she had that responsibility to raise him, and so did Joseph. Again, it goes back to where we were a while ago. Just. Those people were chosen for that, that yeah. time and that, for yeah. a reason. Yeah, Amen. Yeah, wow, that's a great song. We're going to play that. All right. Yeah, here is to me. He's the great I am, Joe Arview. This is off your Christmas album. It is. Yeah. yeah. All right. He said it is a boy She said his name is Jesus He was named that long before I thought he must be precious In his mother's sight I knew he found his mama When he held her finger tight My emotions just run wild Should I laugh or should I cry? I didn't give him life But still he is my child I've never been this happy Any time I can recall This miracle of life Is the greatest one of all He's just her baby little man And I just think maybe He's got his daddy's hands And I know he'll have to suffer misery and pain But God has made his promise and someday he'll He's just her baby But to me he's the great I am She heard her baby cry When he looked up in the sky Hanging on a cross Waiting there to die I thought he must be precious In his mother's sight In her mind she understands this But in her heart it's just not right He's just her baby Mama's little man still think maybe he's got his daddy's hands and I know he'll have to suffer misery and pain 
But God has made His promise And someday He'll rule and reign He's still her baby But to me He's the great I Am To me He's the great I Am Of course, one of your best songs that uh, you have is, uh, and it's a Christmas song. That boy makes Christmas worth it oh, all. Yeah. Man, what a what an awesome song that is! And that that play, I mean, I play that year round because it's so powerful. Yeah, I felt a little silly when I put that on that record. Best days are yet to come because it wasn't. You know, it's a Christmas song, and <laughs> it's just on an album. It's not a Christmas album. But uh, it, because it was such a good song, I yeah. just thought, I'm going to record it. I don't care what people think. And oh. I do it in my concerts all the time, yeah. year-round back then I did. But, you know, the, the interesting thing about that song was I was not a grandfather yet. In the second verse, you're a grandfather. Uh-huh. And, uh, man, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know how uh, well I hate to – I'm not patting myself on the back, but how well I captured – being a grandparent, yeah, because the whole I, the whole the the verse says, you know, that you hear him pull up in the drive, and uh-huh. you know, it, it, it just the whole picture that that I painted there is exactly what I'm living. <laughs> so, how did you come come up with all them lyrics when when you weren't even there yet? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, <laughs> and uh, just putting yourself somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, watch your dad, talk to your dad or your grandpa or whatever. And I've always been a real observer of life, and and those songs reflect that. You know, I just see it; it's it's just there. But uh, I had a co-writer on that. Uh, a friend of mine came over and we wrote the first verse. Yeah. And I think he, I think he gave me the line basketball. Okay. Yeah. So I, if he hadn't have been there, I wouldn't have had basketball in it. You'd- Probably had a baseball I or probably something. Probably had something else, yeah. Yeah, guitar volleyball or, <laughs> or a guitar that looks like a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but the point is, that you never know what might, how it might change the song. One little word can really change the song. In that song, I remember just thinking about getting up early in the morning, and you, and you can hear them kids. <laughs> you know they're running down the hall you captured it they're yeah. trying to look yeah and i'm going go back to bed go back to bed because <laughs> <laughs> i only got three hours sleep yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> well you captured uh, you captured the whole christmas thing in that song there. did i ever tell you about the the one christmas where i was up real late at night like that putting something together huh well, and they sent two left handlebars. <laughs> and it was a, a little toy, yeah. battery-powered toy thing. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's uh, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning, and it's uh, Christmas Eve, and we're going to have a toy there in the morning <laughs> with two left handlebars. So they wrote it, like, sideways because that left handlebar, <laughs> yeah. <made> it, <laughs> they didn't know any different. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to play that song? Uh, I think we should. Let's play that song. All right. Here's Joe Arview. The morning after three hours sleep. Bare feet running down the hall Daddy, wake up Can I go see That boy makes Christmas worth it all Wrapping paper Pile me deep New toy train and basketball Squeals of laughter And a 
kiss for me The priceless gift that's worth it all Looking back I see now The love that we had then Came from a baby Who was born in Bethlehem And God gave his boy To be a man on the cross and That boy makes Christmas worth it all I still can't believe My little boy is now a dad And Christmas ain't what it used to be Sometimes I get a little sad The morning after Quiet night I hear them pulling up the drive Little kisses And hugs so tight That's what keeps this old man alive Looking here I see now This love I hold again Came from a baby Who was born in Bethlehem God gave his born To be a man on the cross That boy makes Christmas worth it all That boy makes Christmas worth it all August 13, 1995, at the age of 43, I was a drug addict, alcoholic, and I cried out to God and asked him to come into my heart. And that's what these drivers out there need to hear. They need to hear that there is only one way, and God wants them to come to him. And it's as simple as saying a little prayer. Amen. 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 The words are not important. God looks at our heart. And when we ask him to come into our life, whether it's Jesus save me or Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I want to be a Christian. God wants to hear from your heart. And if you cry out to God with your heart right now, doesn't matter what the words are, he will hear you That's and right. he will save you. Amen. 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 with his love and there's a fountain like a cool summer rain drink from the water and never thirst again there's a love Can't be understood God is great But oh God is good And there's a mercy That endureth to the end And if your answer's yes
It's a call. And I know our listeners love Joe, and they'd like to probably like to get a hold of him. So uh, we need to give his website out. Do you know what his website is? No, I don't. It's JoeRview.com. <laughs> oh, JoeRview.com. Well, I should have thought of that. Yeah. So all they got to do is log on to JoeRview.com. You know what the hard part about logging on to JoeRview.com is? No. What is the hard Spelling part? his last name. Yeah. <laughs> it's A R. V-I-E-W. And if you can't get onto his website, the best way to get a hold of Joe is just give him a call. His phone number is 618-927-1986. This is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry with my partner Fred Mooney. Remember, God loves you, and we do too. And we'll talk at you later. It's a knock Worth answering your door It's a call Worth picking up the phone And if your answer's yes Come